Bung Bung. Welcome to the podcast brought to you by Bung Bung Coffee, the best coffee in the world. It's won the award, the best coffee in the world award. Uh, look it up, you can Google that shit. Uh, if you want premium, ethically sourced, dark roast coffee delivered to your door, Go to bungbungcoffee.com and make an order. You can enter promo code P-O-D-D-Y, potty, P-O-D-D-Y for 15% off all orders. Whether it's $100 or $15, you will get 15% off your order. Okay? This is the best coffee you can have. And it cures it cures everything. It solves all your problems. Whether you have um, erectile dysfunction or you don't know how to answer question five on your physics exam, Bung Bung Coffee will solve that problem for you. Go to bungbungcoffee.com, B-U-N-G, B-U-N-G, coffee.com and enter promo code potty, P-O-D-D-Y, like the titties, for 15% off all orders. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Welcome to the party, Bung Bung! It's your man Clay Tron, aka the Big Boss Man, aka the Clumsy Jeweler, because I'm always dropping gems, aka the Milkman, because I always deliver, aka the PhD podcast and the Magnum PI podcast and the Captain, the Jalen Brown of podcasting, because I can play the second fiddle position, but I choose not to. I'm here today with my guy, actual friend of the show. You might remember him uh, from about 250 episodes ago, uh, Steve Calvin Fresh. He's here uh, not to do the NBA preview because a board man and I did that this year, but we're just here to have a little chat. Um, you know, it's Christmas time and I don't want to be doing this actually on Christmas Day. So I'm in here with a mate, uh, sinking a few of these bad boys. Hold up. There's a bit a bit of a lag there, but I could have done better, could have done worse. Mm. Absolutely. How's things, bro? It's good, man. It's really cool to be in Adelaide. It's the um, best day of the year. Uh, yeah, it's the best day of the year. And, Shout out um, to Tony. Tony Roten. We are. Uh, I hope you're listening to the show today. But you know, most likely, this is you know this is top two percent podcasts, uh, comedy podcasts in the world. It's not surprising at all, man. Cheers to that. So, cheers to that. Congratulations. Mm. 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 Young Blood Lager, the best lager, the best lager. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say repeat the, the same line. Back. I was going to yeah. say the best beer, but I actually like I actually do like the Young Blood Crystal Ale a little bit better than oh, I think I do as well, man. Yeah. I think that's my favorite too. Yeah, they, yeah, man. They do a good brew. They do a good drop. Before uh, we um before we actually get into it, uh-huh. I want to cover the. I want to get to this early, quick, early, easy. Uh, I want to announce the 2021 guest of the year. Now, 2020 oh. was Xavier Dersmo. It was announced probably in about uh, November. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, availability, COVID, all that shit. Durs loved his uh, championship ring. He came on for a chance at um, uh, back-to-back titles. Shout out to the 96-97 Bulls. <laughs> um, but I will tell you this, he didn't He didn't back it up. Wow. And um, do we have some sort of, like, suspenseful sound here? I wish Boardman was here. He probably knows the soundboard a bit better than me. Um, see, this is what I would have played if Zave won. Another one. Um, what have we got? This is kind of suspenseful. Like an elevator music. This is Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. 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 Alec, Alec, um, Burks. <laughs> Old one. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, there we go. That was the that was the suspense music, and the winner of the twenty twenty one Welcome to the Party Guest of the Year is Wormholes Podcast. Um, and just quickly, Lavelle, if you're listening, I have pressed more buttons than you pressed all week last week. So just fucking get your fingers moving on the soundboard. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, shout out to Wormholes. You'll come back, you'll get your uh, your prize and you will also not speak of any conspiracy theories. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. <laughs> we will talk about mental health or whatever the fuck you want to talk about. There will be no conspiracy theories. I'm out of that game. <laughs> 
But uh, no, thank you. Welcome. Uh, well done, and thank you for sticking your dogs on on the um, you know the the voting website and all that shit. So um, yeah, you guys are welcome back, and I think you guys have a li- live podcast that would have been done by the time anyone hears this. Uh, but I hope that went well. Uh, I'm sure it did. You guys are doing very well with your show as well. So uh, congratulations, and I don't think. I don't think we've got a clap sound, so um, shout out to Future. Sensational. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that is correct. Very nice. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Wow, Lavelle. I mean, bored, man. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> I've almost pressed every button. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm here with Calvin Fresh, uh, where, and we're doing the best day of the year, which is Broughton, Tony Roden, uh-huh. which is bros, uh, sharing a carton. We've got two cartons. Yeah, I think um, you need to give him a little bit more context of like where it came from, how it started. You do. Maybe. I've oh. been talking this whole time. You do. Oh, okay, fine. Well, uh, well, Clay gets full um, okay, credit for uh, Tony Broughton. Uh, Tony Roten was a fringe player for the Philadelphia 76ers about five or six years ago. When they were fringe, in the there was a time that he wasn't fringe. He was a well, like, I mean, fringe for a team that guy. was garbage. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. was good for a team that was garbage, and then when they started getting better, he was out of the league. So mm. I mean, let's call him fringe. But before that, he played for Memphis and shit. Yeah, he did. He did. And yeah. But he, I mean, he's been out of the league for like a long time. But yeah. And we, I, um, I don't know if he's done with Twitter or if he's blocked both of us. No, I think he's blocked us. I, I would be surprised because I actually tried to tweet at him today. So did I, yeah, and, and I couldn't. No, nah, he was there. He wasn't there. So. <laughs> Um, it's very unsurprising that he would delete Twitter, uh, sta- someone of his stature. So I'll have a quick look while you're explaining the situation. So basically, um, we, we basically had to like figure out a name for the day. Um, you know, it's just two guys hanging out, uh, drinking heaps of beers and just playing music oh. and doing all these other things and, and all that kind of stuff. Like there's no agenda. It's just like, go with the flow, do whatever you want. Um, and, and kind of get off the grid. And so when you kind of come up with names, it just so happened that Clay said one time that it was the Tony Broughton Day because, you know, you play on words and it's stuck. So it's Broughton Day and it's been around for about five or six years. And I've been in Melbourne now for four years. So um, we usually do it once or twice a year. And because of lockdowns and everything else, we haven't been able to get across. And and so the, the anticipa- uh, anticipation for these events now is through the roof. Through the roof. Through the roof. So... We, we usually lock out um, a good, you know, 36 hours, 72 hours before leading up to it to then just plan for the day. Mm. Um, and, and here we are. So it looks like Tony Roden has deleted Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's not us. Uh, but he definitely last last Broden, um, he had you you blocked and not me. Yeah. yeah he uh, and now me. he's since so tired of our shit that he just deleted the entire app, it looks like. I feel like that's the safest way to avoid it. You know? Yeah, to avoid yeah. us. Yeah, because yeah. we are uh, we. I wouldn't be surprised if we went ahead and uh, created new accounts just to um, really get in there. No, I definitely would. Um, but I think Instagram as well. Like, if he's on Instagram, then we'll get him there. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we need to make sure that he knows that it's the best day of the year, even though he's got no part in it whatsoever. Except, yeah, he's got no idea what's going on. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so. I think a big part of, uh, you know, being back in town and, and everything else has been, um, it's been great to see the progress and everything. Obviously, there's a lot of our friends that have started businesses and done really great things. Yes. And uh, you've recently taken a massive leap of faith with your comedy career, which obviously last year you hit, you hit the fringe stage for the first time. And this year you're doing it solo. Easy money. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Uh, going, going solo. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah 50 minute show, um, March 17th to 22nd uh-huh. in Gluttony at the Adelaide Fringe. Make sure you double jabbed up or else you won't get in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going solo. Um, I've had doubts myself. I've been, I've, I've had conversations with doubters, but I'm doing this shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, I, I got to ask because when we first started speaking about, um, about obviously like locking in fringe and everything else. You were saying, you know, you were you were looking for a support act. You were doing all these other things, mm. and then you were looking at the slots available, and it was like, you know, go hard or go home. Yep. You know what I mean. And I think initially you were kind of like hesitant to do that, and then about a few days passed after a few of our chats, and then you just went fuck it. I mean, so I kind of want to know your headspace for like 
when did that happen? What, when did you decide that, you know, I'm going to throw myself in the deep end, I'm going to get baptized by fire, I'm going to go, I'm going to give myself a 50-minute set for something. Well, I mean, what's your longest set to date before that? Uh, my longest would be 20. Yeah. Um, and I think what happened with the show was I did want a support act and I haven't really been able to find someone that matches my style. I don't want someone uh, that's totally different from me. I want no. them to be a similar act uh, not, not, no, not a similar act, similar vibe. Yeah. Similar vibe. Um, and I started finding myself d- doing some bullshit with my thinking and mm-hmm. I started being like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I've got to look minorities. I've got to try and find a woman or another person. Yeah. Color. And I was like, as soon as I started thinking that, I was like, fuck it, we're not doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking of the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not doing it. Uh, and in terms of the venue, I'm in an 80 seater. I wanted a 40 seater. Wow. Uh, all the 40s were booked out. Oh, well, I just didn't, I didn't uh, get a successful bid at a 40 seater. Um, and I did an 80 for some reason. Um, so, so that's what's happening. We're doing an 80 seater for six nights. So when, in that kind of mindset, I guess I got to ask you, like, you know, you're 31, right? Mm. So now you're in that situation where you've just, you've kind of given yourself an opportunity where you've, really gone all in right like 50 minutes which is like you know more than double what you've done previously yeah i mean what's the biggest crowd you've ever performed to in comedy oh i honestly i think it could have been it's probably a toss-up between i did my first ever open mic was like the 10 year and of a 10 year birthday of rhino room open mic or something like that okay uh which i didn't (laughs) i did not plan and yeah. I rocked up. It's a full house, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh wow, like comedy scene's huge. This is what it's always like. False, yeah. false. Yeah. I have done, I have done gigs more than one gig to two people. Yeah, uh, which is a fucking nightmare. But so yeah, my first gig was a full house at Rhino, which would have been, uh, yeah, probably eighty to hundred. It's hard to hard to say. I'm not good at like, yes. if we, if there were five more people in this room, it'd be hard for me to tell you how many. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then. I did the raw competition, raw comedy competition. Of course. And yeah. I made the uh, state final for that. Yeah. And that was a sold out as well. Uh, so in the same venue. So yeah, probably around 100 people in there, maybe more. Okay. Uh, this is pre-COVID, so they probably like filled it up a bit more. So probably yeah. like 120 or something there. What's your experience with, uh, you know, traditionally when you're looking at like a Tuesday night, Wednesday night stand-up crowd versus like a, a gig like that, what's the, the major difference between the two? Eat, just eat. Make sure you're eating the mic. I'm gonna eat that mic. Yeah, that's way better. Is that better? Yeah, yeah. You got to okay. get in there. Uh, the difference between what, well, like, like the. Those well, I mean, what do you notice? You're on stage, right? So, like, is there like, do you get more nervous because there's more people, or do you find that it's easier because it's easier. more people and it's, they laugh more? Right? The more people there are, it's easier. Um, when you bomb in front of a big crowd, it hurts more. Yeah. Uh, but have if you, you bombed in front of a big crowd? Oh, I, I don't. No, most of my bombs or what I call bombs are in, uh, yeah, like open mic situations where there might be like five punters. Well, that's uh, hard. Yeah, it is very hard. So, so are, are they bombs? Uh, yes and no, like because someone else will go on stage and get them going. So, like, yeah. so yeah, I guess it is. It is comparison. a bomb, but yeah. it's uh, it's hard, and and that's all part of the game, like. If you're good at comedy, you should be able to make those five people laugh. Yeah. So that's where that's something for me to work on is like those smaller crowds and like mm. doing those small crowds. You probably need to do a bit more mm. crowd work and get them involved. And crowd work is not my forte. So yep. if you're coming to Fringe expecting to like be a part of the show, you won't be. <laughs> and um, the more you fucking talk, the more likely it is for me to ask someone to get you the fuck out of there. Honestly. <laughs> um. But no Sam Morrill or anything like that. No. 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 I, I mean, I. If it's a friendly thing, like I had one like chat with an audience member that actually went pretty well a while back where mm-hmm. um, I was emceeing a show yeah, and I, what did I say? Oh, they were being so polite to everyone. And I was like, you guys have been great. It was, it was only two, it was a couple that okay. was there. That was all that was there. Yeah. And they were being so great. And I was just like, oh, you guys are <laughs> like so polite to everyone. How about you just give me a heckle to get it out of your system mm-hmm. before the second round here? Like, mm-hmm. and they, the girl just goes like, um, boo. 
And I was like, wow. Like, how about, like, you're so polite. You are a substitute teacher's wet dream or something <laughs> like that. And that was like, I was pretty happy with that because, like, there's been a few times mm. where I've been heckled and just been absolutely stumped. Yeah. Um, some German guy heckled me. Uh, and I'd say I just had nothing in the moment. And then later in the show, like, five minutes into my, like, later in my set, I fucking, like, got him. But, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't get him in the moment. I was like, fuck him, I lost him here. But, uh, nah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> It's it, hard. There's been times where, like, um, there was a group of footy, like boys on a footy trip. Oh, yeah. Blind, like, completely done, jaws swinging, like, yeah. they were on one. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Like, yeah. if you engage with them, they're just going to, like, that kind of shit. And, um, and they just talked the whole time. So I was just, like, yelling into the mic, just trying to overpower them. Like, mm. and it was not good. It did not go well. Uh, but some, you know, you're not, not, you know, I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and I hear guys like some of my favorite comedians who I think are the best in the world, um, talk about, you know, having a shit gig on the weekend. So, you know, it happens. You can't, you can't expect it not to. No. Well, you, you've mentioned before that, um, it gets to a certain point with comedy where obviously you have to pay your dues, you do 10,000 hours and things like that. But then it gets to a point when, when people just assume you're funny. Right. Yeah. So when you do it and you're in a big room of people, like people will kind of give you the benefit of the doubt and they'll just laugh because they yeah. kind of already have assumed that you're funny. Yeah. So Steve Martin, um, people probably know him from things like Cheaper by the Dozen and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started as a stand up comic and was yep. great at what he did. He's not, you know, not really my cup of tea, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, selling out major, major crowds. And he said one of the reasons he quit stand up was because he'd go out. And, you know, people just start cracking up at his setups. Mm. He's like, well, that... Like, Hasn't done anything. Yeah, and it fucks your timing up. Mm. And he just said he got sick of it. Like, it took the love out of it. Mm. And obviously, I'm nowhere near that. I've got to work for every laugh I get, which I love because I get this, like, feeling of fulfillment and all that shit from it. Yeah. But I can certainly imagine, like, yeah, some, some people will laugh at comics when they walk on stage mm. and well, you should be getting clapped at at that point. Like you're just entering the room and yeah. people start laughing. You haven't even told a joke. Yeah. That's not, it's kind of like a faux credit, right? Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to know if you're still funny because you can say anything and people just laugh at the end of your sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I know uh, not to say, you know, uh, any derogatory things or anything like that, but like they, they say that, you know, the traditional or stereotypical thing with like the pretty girl, the pretty girl, like all the guys laugh at her jokes. Mm. So she thinks she's funny and it kind of like gives you a, like a false sense of and she's not inflation. Yeah. I can tell you right now, <laughs> but I pretty think people do not need to work on their personalities or their humor. So <laughs> they get a bit of a layup. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, I guess that's where it comes from is like, man, you corny. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where it comes from is like, you know, what, what kind of motivates you to do that stuff then? So like ultimately if you're prepared to go on stage and, and perform to five people knowing that you could, you know, bomb and walk away feeling like, you know, I'm sure that it hits you. It's going to affect you mm-hmm. obviously because you're human and you're yeah. massive empath. So, uh, I mean like what, what, what is it like, what do you do to change that preparation from when you go into a room where you have no idea what's going to be there. And then you go into a room where you go, oh, look, I know I've sold fucking 50 tickets or 60 mm-hmm. tickets or whatever. Where does that preparation change? Where does that mindset change? What happens? I'll tell you, uh, if I'm being blatantly honest, at this point in my career, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I'm at that level of professionalism to like, to adjust based on the comic before me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I just don't think I'm there yet. And so I, I've usually got, I've got a set list with me mm-hmm. and for the most part, I'll stick to it. I probably a month ago did a set that I didn't stick to my set list. And that was only because I fucking forgot my jokes and I just started doing my old jokes. Yeah. Um, Is that like a safety blanket kind of approach? I, I guess that like I did that material for so long because I was preparing for raw that yeah. it's just embedded in my head. So mm-hmm. like I forgot, I forgot, I forgot what I was doing. And so I just went to that cause it's, it's like, you know, um, it's going to get some sort of, yeah, I know it's good and I know it's in my head somewhere so I can just, I can fall back on it. But like, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't really have a plan B, which 
I guess you're not supposed to. I suppose you're supposed to be quick enough on stage, and um, I'm. Who quicker. says that? Who says that? It's just. Is that like an industry thing, or you just have to be because yeah. it's it's like only the strong survive kind of shit. If you're yeah. not, yeah. you're gonna get eaten alive. Especially if you're like, I'm glad that I don't have the opportunity. Well, I'm not glad I don't have the opportunity, but like. If I went to uh, like a black comedy club in the US yeah. and they started heckling me, it'd be over. Yeah. And I'd pretty <laughs> much have to walk off stage, to why, be honest why with do you. you say that? I don't have the confidence yet. I haven't done yeah. enough time on stage to be able to like embrace the back and forth with crowd members. Where, where does the confidence line change? Because like- I think it's just time on stage and I'm in Adelaide where the scene is, is growing, but it's still like I'm getting up between like- Okay, honestly, between one and five times a week. Yeah. But you have to be booked. You have to be booked out to, to get that five. Sure. So I can, I'm usually getting up, I would say, minimum once, mm-hmm. uh, on average twice, and maximum six times per week. But like, if you're around like a bunch of your friends, right? Mm-hmm. And, and your confidence, like, you're, you know, you're the funny guy. You are. Like, you are. Your you're, you're wit is quicker mm. than anyone else. You do all that stuff. Where does it, like, when do you anticipate that it switches for you when you're on stage? Like, when do you get into that like momentum and? I just mindset? think I just think it's 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 stage time and like I spend 10, so m- I think it's just like spending so much time on stage that there's no difference between on stage clay and off stage clay. Yeah, and I just in Adelaide and I I, I don't like I hate when people talk about Adelaide like this. Yeah, and I don't want to go anywhere either in mm-hmm. saying this, mm-hmm. uh, but in Adelaide you don't have the opportunity to build that time up quickly. It's very. Is it's it, a slow grind. Is it because it's the same people all the time? Is that no? It's just. It's just because the scene's not big enough. So like, at at in the best week, mm. in the best week, I could get six shows in a week. Yeah. In New York City, I could get six shows in a night. Yeah. 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 For sure. You know. So like, the growth is so much slower here. So like, the audience and the yes capacity for comedy in this city mm-hmm. isn't as like the appetite isn't as big as it is elsewhere right like yeah well the appetite and just the the sheer population but then even just like saying that like what's the you know if you're performing at rhino room every wednesday or, mm-hmm. or let's just say it's tuesday wednesday whatever do you find that you recognize people in the crowd each week like is there regulars there could be uh it's i don't pay attention to the crowd really like because okay. if i'm not uh, on stage, I'm usually like at the back of the room hanging out with comics. Yeah. Um, and if I'm on, if when you're on stage, you're blind. The the light's so bright you can't really see shit out really? outside of the front row. Yeah. So you, you're basically on like one of those senses of you're just hearing things. You're just hearing the laughter. Yeah, and that was my biggest problem with Fringe last year. Is like we were outdoors, so the laughter the laughter disappeared. That's hard. And everyone's like, dude, you're doing <laughs> such a good job. Yeah. Like, fuck, you're hilarious. And I was like, I was like getting mad at my friends. I was like, why don't you fucking laugh? So you, you, like, you couldn't hear it at all? No. Nah. And they're like, everyone was laughing, man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not retarded, dude. Like, I know no one was laughing. So wait, what's what's your setup this year like? Same. Or next year? <laughs> it's open Same air? Shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, you're just not going to know until the show's over? I think I'm, I'm more, well, I mean, I, I haven't done a whole heap of gigs since then, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've done enough, but like I'm, I'm, I know what to expect this time as well. Sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess I, I've got more experience. I'm not gonna know a lot of this material won't be run before I actually do it on stage at Fringe, which sucks. So there might be my first show to my last show. There might be a lot of changes. <laughs> um, well, in in saying that. Um, have you ever had things that you thought like, cause you know how you, you, you usually default back to your, like your standard stuff because mm. you've tried and tested it and it's worked out. Is this stuff that you've thought is like, you know, like a guaranteed laugh and it's not, it's not worked out. I think, I think it, like everything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything you do, like you, you don't go on stage thinking this isn't funny. Yeah. Well, for sure. But I mean, yeah. is, is it, so does that mean like are you dictated to by like how many laughs you get versus how much you do again? Because like obviously like comedy is subjective. Right? I, if I do it in if I do it in a big room uh-huh. or not not a big room but like a full room, mm-hmm. so if there's like you know twenty to forty people and I do it and it doesn't get a laugh, yeah. it either the premise just isn't funny or I need to change tags, punchlines, 
delivery or that stuff. Whatever, yeah. Uh, but usually usually I'll run it for like a couple of weeks and if it still sucks, yeah, uh, I know it sucks. So there's no like one and done things where you do something and it doesn't it bombs one time and you just there's been a few things like I use the F word, like the gay F word yeah. in a in a joke. I did that on stage once. Uh, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a packed room. Yeah. But they they didn't boo me or anything, but they did not like it. Yeah. Um and I was just like, I'm not I'm not gonna it's not worth like the F word doesn't need to be in a joke. Sure. So it's not worth trying to build this joke when it's so, you know, it's like if a white person goes on stage and says, nigga, I'm not gonna be unless it's hilarious, I'm not gonna be heat happy <laughs> with it. Yeah. So I don't need to be doing that. No. And so that one that one was a one and done. And I can still do the joke and use and say uh, like say the words the f word instead of actually saying the f word. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at, at, out of curiosity, like I, I know you, you know, really well, and I know who you listen to and who you aspire to and all that kind of mm. stuff. The people that you usually listen to, they they're quite un PC. That makes sense. No, I think most. I think a lot of a lot of them are PC. I think Louis C K, who's like one of the best ever. He'll he'll drop the n word. He'll drop the f word. Yeah. But also. If you've been doing it for thirty-five years, you know you're so good at crafting jokes. Yeah, and he's got a joke about like um, going out to the club with like six guys yeah. and getting no pussy because you're with six guys, <laughs> and then your testosterone has built up so much that you just want to fight someone. Yeah, and you're just like fuck it and like start <laughs> swinging on somebody yeah. out of the street. Yeah, and that's that's a great joke, and uh-huh. I like. That was still funny and I fucking butchered the shit out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so he's that good that like he knows mm. that he's not he's not gonna get a bad reaction out of it. And when he does get a bad reaction, he's designed the joke to get a bad reaction and yeah. then swing it later. He's kind of going for that absurdist laugh, right? Where he's going, he's like yeah. leading you one way and then he just drops yeah. it. Yeah, he there. wants he wants you to go Yeah. And then <laughs> go, Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, like I'm at, that's you know that is comedy, and it yeah. sounds so simple, and it's actually so fucking hard. Yeah. Um. Well, where do you where do you stand on that then with with comedy and, and rules and stuff? Because I know you obviously like. No, I just think I, I just think it's got to be funny, man. And I I didn't think it was funny enough, and I didn't think I still don't think that I've I haven't figured that joke out to make it that funny to be yeah. allowed to say that word. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it should be said at the best of times. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not not to say oh, obviously. Like I know, I know you. and You're not like that. You're not going to no. say it in casual. No, and it, and it wasn't. And it wasn't a. Uh, the joke isn't a, isn't um, even directed at gay people. It's actually uh, about bullies saying it to me. Yeah, yeah. But because I was victim, such a harsh word. But I was the receiver of the word, even though I'm not homosexual. Yeah, I can see the funniness in it because I experienced it and it didn't hurt me that much. Yeah, yeah. But if I say it on stage and people, people then relate it to themselves or just straight to gay people. Yeah. And they're like, Oh Jesus. Mm. Like, why did he say that? Or like, Oh, I can't believe someone said that to him. Not like, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That he's relating it to that. They're not, they're well, not. Is that, is that based off of your audience then? Do you think that's like, cause I, I think it's based off the time yeah. and my ability. Sure. I think, Specifically in this time, you have to be a master of what you do to be able to pull that off. And Absolutely. I'm not. I'm not that. I, I'm not even close to that. Do you I've, aspire to be a hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm. I think I'm only a hundred and two or hundred and three gigs in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously, writing, writing, and listening and studying all comes into your ten thousand hours. But like, sure. let's let's say on average, I do seven minutes mm-hmm. per gig. Mm. That's seven hundred minutes, which is what seven hours. Yep, yep. So cool. more, is it? Because seven hundred minutes is oh, sixty yeah. minutes an hour. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's call it let's call it uh, ten eleven hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're looking at ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a bit. Yeah. I got a bit. Like, but that stage that stage time only. I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of listening. I do a lot of watching. Um, and I spend a lot of time in comedy clubs, which in turn I'm also watching. And whether it's bullshit, which a lot of times it is, yeah, or really good shit, I'm soaking it in, and I'm like, okay, well, don't fucking do that. Or oh shit, maybe I should try this angle. Well, you know, um, like 
So it's, it's largely like, you know, profess that you, you are who you surround yourself with, right? So your environment begets, you know, most of your influence and, and you know, I guess expectations. So what would you say about the Adelaide comedy scene and how it is and, and like obviously you listen to a lot of international stars, so that's yeah. very hard to like draw back to a local level. But like when you look at Adelaide and stuff like that, like wh- where do you think it is? Like, do you think it's a very burgeoning scene or is it like a scene that's kind of stale or like where do you sit on it? No, I think I think um, people are doing their best to make uh, original rooms. Yes, nice one. Yeah. Easy money. Uh, <laughs> so open mic... Comedy at Rhino used to be called One Mic Stand. Uh-huh. Um, and it essentially, it was just an open mic night. Sure. Now they've adjusted that. It's called Laugh Lab. And it is like, you've got to ask. You've got to like email the week before and be like, can I get on next week? And they're like, do you have new shit? Yeah. Because they don't want people for five years doing the same shit, taking up someone else's time Yeah. doing the same shit, which is awesome. That's great. Yeah. Uh, there's a new room at uh, the district, Sky City Casino. Okay. Um, that's not a new room, actually. That's like a show for established comics. Okay. Um, so you have to be fucking legit to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Cranker Comedy is a good room. It's always warm. It's always busy. Uh, but, yeah, again, you've got some pe- – like it is a bit of a shared thing. It's not – based on ability. So yeah. uh, if you're a new comedian, you can sort of email the room runner and just get up there yeah. and people will laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a hard environment too because, yeah. again, you go up and you, you get all this confidence mm. and then you go to another room that isn't so, so easy and um, you get eaten up. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the people, I don't want to talk too much on the people, but um, I think... Comedy, the comedy scene in general worldwide is competitive, even though it's an individual sport. Dog eat dog, man. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense because the more comedy fans there are, mm. they're not just a fan of one comedian. So it no. doesn't need to be that way. But for some reason, you know, yeah. people want stage time and shit. So I get, I get where it comes from, but it yep. doesn't make sense. Do you, do you have you found that you've seen a lot of people who have like come in and out of the scene? Yeah, for sure. A lot. Every yeah. um, I've been doing it almost three years, uh-huh. and every new year. Uh, open mics is just packed with new people doing their fucking news resolution. Probably how 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 many of them are like out of curiosity? Like, are they younger or are they older? Like, are, they, are these like young cats coming through and then it's like a bit going, of a mix, man? Yeah, um, I'd say a, most of the new ones are like sort of middle aged, like okay. bucket okay. list type shit. Maybe yeah, yeah. You get some young ones come in um, mm. that don't know comedy. Yeah. And like their first joke is like, I didn't know if this cunt was fucking retarded. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. whoops, you yeah. know, yeah. I'm, I'm never, never going to see you again, am I? Because yeah. this is going to hurt once you get off stage. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, do you see, do you find that there's many of those dudes that come back? Like they come back for around Yeah. Two there's or? people that think they're funny and like will mm-hmm. completely misjudge everything yep. and think, you know, they'll go up and just suck week after week after week doing inappropriate jokes, gar- just garbage jokes, yeah. stuff that's not jokes. It's just you being like misogynistic or something. Yeah. Um, and they'll come back. They'll just keep coming back until wow. eventually they say something so over the line that they either get banned from a room yeah. or, uh, you know, potentially get like in a fight. Wow. Um, oh yeah, I've seen, a, I've seen probably, you know, three years I've seen two fights, which is like, you know, that's but like com- that's that's come from someone saying something on stage and someone having a problem with it, or or just yeah, like someone will talk to them afterwards and they will get aggro about it. Be like, dude, you can't really say this, and they'll be like, "Fuck you, can't let fucking go." <laughs> like, yeah, and like meth heads and all that shit. I've seen it all, dude. Well, I, pro- I probably haven't seen it all, but um, well, I mean, three years is is, I mean, like if you looked at it in terms of like, uh, you know, they say the three year leap, right? in most organizations and stuff like you haven't done anything by three years you've kind of like hit your potential Mm. so why would you like if you're looking at something that's such a in and out industry with so many people coming and going one and done's all that stuff people doing it for bucket lists and people thinking they're funny and stuff like that like i mean i guess it's it's hard to say uh what what kind of motivates you to keep going 
You know what I mean? Like you haven't been able to go interstate. You haven't been able to do anything else. You've been kind of stuck local. Oh, I think like even even with the limited stage time here, I just think I know that I'm good at it. Like not in yeah. a not in a uh, obnoxious way, but like I know comedy. I've been a fan for so long. Yeah, I know the difference between and this is this is key for mm-hmm. anybody who, who thinks that. I should do an open mic. Mm. There is such a huge difference between being funny with your friends and being funny on stage, even at an open mic. People still expect funny Context, at an open right? Yeah, at an open mic. You cannot go up and just talk shit. No. People are expecting jokes. People are expecting misdirection. Mm-hmm. And as much as they expect misdirection, they are still surprised with whatever you have to say if yeah. you're good enough. Yeah. Otherwise, you will say exactly what they expect and it will not be funny. No. Um, and they are not expecting you to just go up there and talk about your friend Dave who yeah. fucking shit his pants. Or Nobody knows and all yeah. that stuff. It's like like I, you did a funny best man speech and then all of a sudden you try and translate that yeah. to an open mic. It doesn't work. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's equity as well. Like with your friends, you've got all this equity about your character. People know that, well, might know depending on who you are, that you're not racist, you're not homophobic, you're not misogynistic and you sure. can say some exaggerated shit about like, mm. women shouldn't have podcasts and that's so <laughs> funny to your friends. Yeah. But you go say that on stage and people are like, what a fucking loser. Why would yeah. you say that? Yeah. And that's that's where it's like, that's where the, the art comes into it. Mm. You have to go up and in one minute get the crowd to trust you enough to say that Yeah. and know that you're joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's find it funny as well. Fuck, like, yeah, and yeah, and not just say that. Actually, yeah. say it in a joke form. Yeah, um, that's where it's difficult. Mm. And and it's not just that because I I I can develop that rapport mm-hmm. and have them laughing for four minutes, and then my last minute's trash, and they'll still they're not just going to laugh at it because I was funny for four minutes. No, they're going to be like, oh wow, he was funny at the start, and then he sucked at the end. Yeah, that's what they're going to think. You're only that's, as good as your last joke. Yeah, essentially. yeah. So that's. Yeah, it's all. There's so much craft to it, and people people don't know that. People think, yeah. Well, people people talk around their friends like, dude, you should do stand up high like. Yeah. Because I'm not like, dude. I've only had forty bongs today, and <laughs> I fucking know comedy, man. Like, you should do stand up, and it's like, fuck off, I fucking should do stand up, like, <laughs> and then the cunt does yeah. stand up, and it's like, like soul crushing. It is, yeah. dude. Like, and I was lucky. My first. My mm. first gig was like one of my best gigs, yeah. which is like unheard of shit. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's probably reaffirmation if everything. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty hard when you have your first bomb. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I would have yeah. probably preferred to have that like yeah. day yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like well, pe- people people don't don't understand that it's it's there's more to it. There's more to it. There's it is an art form. It's mm. like. Like people, people think that they can be rappers because you don't have to have a good voice. Yeah, but like you, you also have to say something. Oh, well, you know, it's it's such a common, um, I guess, stereotype. Not to say stereotype, but but you know, I guess, conception of 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 the comedian being, um, you know, this person who is almost like a starving artist who who kind of lives off someone laughing and lives off laughs and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> But then, you know, like, you know, there's that, that old, like the very old joke, right? Uh, I think it was Jimmy Carr who said it where, you know, a guy goes into a shrink's office and he goes, I'm miserable. Like I'm, I'm the saddest person. I'm, I'm doing all this kind of stuff. And, and the shrink says, oh, how can you be miserable? Like, you know, Bobo the clown's in town. He's, he's the funniest clown there is. He does all these shows. He makes everyone laugh. It's the best time ever. And then the guy goes, I am Bobo the clown. Yeah. So that's that kind of thing is like, so, you know, obviously if, if you're someone that wants to make someone laugh and it doesn't work out. So Robin Williams shit. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's that, that, that spectrum of emotion, right? Like when you want to make someone so happy that you can also feel it on the opposite side. Yeah. But I think, I think a lot of comedy does come from pain. Like most comedians are not just like you're a happy guy. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of these people have gone through shit. They're, they're on the Mm -hmm. fringe of society. They're, they're, they're gay. They're transgendered. They were they were nerds when they grew up, and they were getting beaten up. They've been abused by their parents or yep. family, or got bullied, or mm-hmm. um, like like a lot of my. I try I try to steer away from it, but I keep finding myself going back to it. Is the trauma of racism in my sure. life? Yeah, uh, and that's I think that's where a lot of my funny comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, even even when you and me are hanging out, I'll, I'll say like these like 
you know, savagely racist jokes, like, against blacks. <laughs> and it'll be funny, but it's like... Yeah. That against me has hurt me before, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, and that's... Yeah, a, a lot of these people are fucking weirdos, man. And that, mm. that's just the, the long and the short of it. That's, do, you, do you find that you take, um, I guess, the low end of comedy personally and you take it hard? And, you know, is there days that you, you know, you have to stew through your own, I guess, suffering and, and all that kind of stuff? Is it, is it something that it's, it is a toll on you mentally? Is comedy a toll on me? Yeah. After a bad gig, I'm pretty broken up. Mm-hmm. Like if even even like I take it hard regardless. I haven't had too many uh, bombs in front of big crowds, but like even like where it's only two people and you know it's going to be tough. Yeah, and you try and set yourself up expectation wise and be like, ah, oh, you know, this is just going to be tough. Deal with it. Yeah, you still drive home. You're like, fuck, how embarrassing. Like yeah. I'm a joke. Uh, I really need a piss. Should we take a break or end this? Uh, let's take a break. I got a couple yeah. more questions. All right. All right, we're back. Did a big, big wee. Um, uh, so I think you were talking about um, do do I get affected like negatively by comedy or something like that? Yeah, I think it like you know it's that that common uh, you know the the starving artist or the sad artist, the saddest person in the room is usually the one that makes people laugh. <laughs> So I think that that was really a curious question, and and I think like, you know, once you've had a few of those things, like what keeps you going? Like what what makes you want to keep going? Like where do you see yourself going with comedy? Like what do you want to achieve? And and like how do you you know? Because it's so easy to quit, right? As you said, there's a lot of people that come in and out of the industry because it doesn't work out for them. <sighs> I'll tell you this: um, usually, like when I'm hungover or on a come down or something, I, <laughs> I definitely think about quitting comedy. Um, but <laughs> yeah, cause like, oh, it'll be like a Sunday and I would have, you know, got on the, you know, garbage and, uh-huh. and yeah. I'll, I'll be like, all right, I've got to, yeah, I've yeah. got to, I've got to write, I've got to write today mm-hmm. and I'll sit down for an hour and do some writing and I'll read it and I'll be like, you're not funny, cunt. <laughs> Fuck off. Leave, leave it to the pros, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like a couple of days later, when some, once I'm past like Suicide Tuesday, like, <laughs> Yeah. I'll, I'll like bring it back and be like, oh no, you're not that yeah. shit. You you know that was the you know that was the bags talking or whatever. That but was the come down. Yeah, yeah. And so no, nah, I've never thought about quitting. And I know you know from basketball, mm-hmm. nothing comes overnight. You got to work for it. Sure. And the it's the same as like relationship advice. My friends can ask me anything relationship yeah. wise, and I'll tell them and yeah. I'll and I'll help them. Yeah. But when it comes to myself, I will sabotage. And <laughs> you won't him. listen to yourself at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same. Yeah, like so. I've got we've got you know our friend Flash eighty nine. Uh-huh. Uh, I've had chats, a lot of chats with him. Like, mm-hmm. dude, overnight success doesn't come overnight. No. Nah. Like you will work and work and work, and it takes ten years and to be for an some reason. Success. Yeah. Without knowing what the reason is, something's mm. gonna blow up, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get called an overnight success. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not how it works. Well, and and that's what I know about basketball and I apply that to everything in my life. Yeah. So I know that I've got to keep working. I know and I also expectation wise I'm, I'm managing my own expectations knowing that I'm in Adelaide which is a slow environment. Yeah. I'm not calling it shit. It is actually growing. Mm-hmm. But with the amount of opportunity here there like rapid growth is just it's just not it's very available. Hard. No. It's it's because you you're kind of defined by your audience. So if you're in a, a city of, you know, what, a million people, two million people, whatever, yeah. um, you know, and there's a very small And just percentage. a massive if you're in a massive city like New York, yeah. Like in well, Adelaide, you can't if you've got two rooms running at the same time, mm-hmm. you are directly complete competing with each other because they're ten minutes away from each other. Yeah. In New York, in LA, in fucking Dubai, wherever the fuck, you know, Indonesia is a country, but you know what I'm saying, (laughs) Singapore. Yeah. Um, The cities are so big Mm. that if you're in 
in four different areas of the city, those are four different segments of the population, four different crowds. You are not competing no. directly with each other. There's enough and people so to go around. It's not like yeah, you're taking from somewhere else. You jump else. Yeah. in a train after a gig. You go to another gig, you jump in a train. And all you got to do is yeah. message the promoters and say like, okay, can I get on first on this show, third on this show, last on this show. Does that does that like get to you though? Like, um, you, know, I, I'm, you know, I'm from Adelaide. Mm. I love Adelaide. Adelaide's my hometown. Um, and every time I'm back here, I love it. Right, but then there's a big element of almost Adelaide against the world mm-hmm. in a way, where you go to like Melbourne, you go to Sydney, you go to wherever else. They shit on Adelaide, they do all that stuff. Does that kind of like does that affect you in any way? Does that mean you want to? Is there anything like any bee in your bonnet about like going over to like Vic or, or New South Wales and? No, nah, it makes me want to make it out of Adelaide. Yeah, uh, at the very most that I would do is travel regularly to yeah. Victoria. Yeah. Um. And yeah, do gigs every weekend or whatever, and mm-hmm. and pay the price for it. I do. I am lucky enough to actually have a decent job as well. Yeah. Um. And I heard there's a guy over that said you can crash on his couch as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Um. For yeah, for five bucks and a dick suck, <laughs> I think he said. <laughs> no, um. So no, I'm, there's nothing really pushing me to get out of here yet, especially at like the stage in my career I've got I've got a plan I don't it's it, yeah it's nothing like really well, what's your the, plan out of the box well the plan is to launch this hour at fringe sure 2022 uh-huh uh you know run my six nights get feedback record it you know do give myself feedback do rewrites mm-hmm. and then 2023 mm-hmm. just tour tour the hour so do yeah. run every fringe Yep. Start at Perth, do Adelaide, do Darwin, do uh, Victoria, uh, Sydney, Brisbane Funny Fest. Yeah. What about Melbourne shit. Comedy Festival? Yeah, maybe? Melbourne International yeah. Comedy Festival, all that shit. If, you know, if we're open to travel at that stage, you know, if I've got money, do Edinburgh. Take yep. out a loan and do Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, and just tour this hour, make it like a worldwide thing, you know, that early in my career. could be a mistake, could be the best thing I ever do. Who knows? So I prefer I prefer to do it uh, and regret it. Uh, no, I'm not because I'm not going to turn it into a special. I don't think that this early in my career, the material I have mm. should ever be a special, mm-hmm. but it can easily be a tour and I'd love to tour it. Sure. And Which is every, great every tour would probably be a bit different because I'll develop bits, change bits, fuck bits off, bring bits in. And city by, by the, city, yeah. Yeah, and then by the time I'm done, I've probably got a new hour yeah. that at that stage I'm like really happy with and I start considering a special sure. or, wow, I've just finished my tour and I'm ready to fucking set up another tour. Mm. You, um, may, you you said before like, you know, regret or whatever, mm. just before you, you briefly said it. Um, you know, I've got five minutes online right now. On sure. YouTube, yeah, uh, that I think I'm going to take off. Okay, I do regret. I already regret having it up. Why do you regret it? I. It's just so like you. You get very excited when mm-hmm. you're new. You do five minutes. You do well. Yeah, um, I do. I think the material is good. I don't know about the delivery. I don't. I don't feel. I feel like if I did that five minutes now, I'd be much more comfortable on is stage. It, I'd be it, much more clay on stage. Is it delusions of grandeur? You think from like being, you know fresh to the industry without getting, you know, not to say you're heartbroken, but like being in there and getting, you know, get fed the shit that you would get from doing it over and over and over again. Is it something that you look back on with a little bit more perspective 2020 or whatever? No, and I, just look, I just look back on it and I'm like, I just, I felt like you get caught up in the, in the, um, um, landscape. Uh-huh. Oh, you gotta have you gotta have everything online. Like, but yeah. I'm hearing this from the podcast I listen to, like the greatest comedians. I've been doing it for ten plus years. Sure, and I'm taking that kind of advice and applying it to someone who's raw, that's not not confident yet, mm-hmm. and I I can't watch it. Mm-hmm. I've gone back to watch it, and it, it makes me sick. Okay. Um, but isn't that what they say about like most artists? Though? Yeah, yeah, they do. But you don't want you don't want sh- try and find Sam Marill's stuff from ten years ago online. It's not a thing. It's and yeah, online wasn't a big thing back then. But you then, don't you don't want your first five minutes online. I guess it's still one of those things though. Like I'm happy to keep it on my fucking computer. I don't yeah. really need the world to see it. No, but I guess you know if you're evolving, if you're constantly evolving, you should never feel like what you've done is your best. You know if that makes sense. 
So like if you've done something and it's like not as good as what you're doing now, that's normal, I think, because don't you're progressing. You, don't you think <laughs> that... I don't know how much you know about like comedy, but don't you think... You just, you just straight up look down the barrel at me right then. Yeah, but don't, yeah. You, don't you think that most comedians' first hour is their best hour? Or first special is their best special? Or first director's first or second movie is their best, and then they sort of start gradually. It doesn't have to be a steep fall off, but a gradual fall off from that. Like, okay, that but like, tell me which season of The Office is your favorite season? Probably, se- probably season like one, dude. Season get out. No, it wasn't. Season one was like what you're talking about, like U- U.S. Office. Yeah, bro. Se- season one was like eight episodes. Season one was not the best. Like season like. Like season four, season five, something like that was yeah, better. Out of ten. <laughs> yeah. So so it's still like But it, you see what I mean? Like it's not the first. You're, yeah. you're, you're first you also you also don't have you also don't have ten specials in you. Yeah, but sure, but like if you want to talk basketball terms, like you're not as like how many people have been like the best they have in their rookie year than they have in like year eight or year nine? You know, you get better. Yeah, not that that would be an anomaly, year nine being you're you're talking. You're usually like year five or six at your peak, and you start to drop off again. Oh man, I would I would disagree with that because I reckon if these cats get drafted at nineteen, if they're at twenty seven, that's year eight. Yeah, if twenty seven's prime. Twenty seven to thirty is prime. Look at Steph Curry, man. He's like what thirty two. Look at like Durant. He's thirty two. Look at all these dudes. They're like, look, I'm these I know are what you mean. I know what you mean. dude, bro. <laughs> this know. is fucking. This is not even an argument. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I know what you mean. I bro, everyone wins a lottery. Look at Steve Jacobson. He won it. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yes. Nah, but I'm, I mean, like, I think that, like, I, I think experience is, is wisdom and I think all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, like, if, you, if you're embarrassed of, of, you know, what you're doing and you think it's garbage, then get it off the line or whatever. But if you're, like, if you're looking at things, like, you're constantly going to be adapting. Like, do you look at your fringe set from last year versus your fringe set coming up and go, this one's better? Do you think that? This one's not finished. But, no, but um, like, no, but like, that's not the question. No, I, I, like, what you've got currently is it better than last year? Um, I don't know because it hasn't been tested. It yeah, hasn't but, been tested. But like, you, but like, why you like? Because I, I know you. You're a confidence based person. Yeah, right? yeah. And but I think I need I need the um, validation. The validate. I think I need that to know. I don't. Sure. It's that's a hard question to answer, honestly. Yeah. Um. I'm like no, but look. Of I've, course, I'm trying to make it better. Yeah. Like, I don't think Tarantino, you know, tried to make the hateful eight garbage. You know, yeah. I think yeah. he was trying to make it his best work. I don't yeah. think you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. It's hard. It's hard until it's out. It's until it's done to yeah. know. But then, like, if, if I was to ask you, like, regardless of validation, so, like, regardless of what anyone else thinks, whatever else, is this set coming up better than you've done before? What would you say? No, like, gun to your head. What would you say? It's just so, it's just not even finished. It's just... Nah, but I want to know. I want to know. Like, give me, give me, give me your honest, give me your honest answer. Is it better? Is it, is it the same? Is it, like, what is it? Um... Because because I'm I'm not comfortable with it yet. Okay, I haven't even said a lot of it out loud yet. Yeah. The other stuff, I like, it's just so hard because I know my other shit bangs. So, but that's you know the what? Problem. You know what? That like it's a fucking problem. But I, I'm an external person, and like, mm. regardless of uh, of feeding your ego on here or anywhere else, it's better. It's better. It's better. Like you just. I think you're figuring out what people laugh at, what people are doing. Like it's better. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's just you know. I think you've con- you, like you've constantly been that person that's like done things to your time period, right? So you got a ten minute set. You kind of spike real early, and then you kind of fade off, and then you finish on a bang, right? Yeah. I think for fifty minutes is like that's a bit different, where you almost have a lot more time to intricately like wind in all the jokes and all that kind of stuff and everything i've seen like if you walk into this guy's house it's like a beautiful mind like he's actually got paper written on his walls like i'm not i'm not kidding you know when you go to uni yeah you go to you go to like uni and like you get set up in like a group project and you have to write on the walls 
this guy has this in his house. Sensational. (laughs) (laughs) But that's it. It's like, you know, like I love to see it because I think, you know, you're taking it very serious. You're taking all that kind of stuff. And like, I want, like, I think my whole thing is I was trying to bait you. Be like, tell him, tell him it's better because it is better. It's going to be, it's going to be fucking funny. It it will be. (laughs) I just can't commit yet. Dude, it's, I'm deleting shit every day. I'm rewriting shit every day. It's just not like, it's, it's so hard. It's like a, it's like you've got the um, the frame of a house up and it's like, is this better than the place you currently live in? It's like, well, the place I live in has air conditioning and a roof. Yeah. So that's a frame. But, but that's comparison It's though. going to be. Yeah. 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 I see what you mean. So it's like, it's got the bones. Yeah. But like right now, you won't, you won't give us a seal of approval. No. Like if, I, if, if Fringe started today, I, I think, <laughs> I think I would probably get on a plane and like, mm. Yeah, get the fuck out of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you just ghost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would not yeah. go. I would not go on stage with what I've got right now. Yeah. 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 Well, that's you know. But it's getting there. I sat down. I I wrote for about three hours yesterday, mm-hmm. um, which is exciting because, like, I don't get that kind of time. I'm not. I'm on leave from work at the moment, so you know, today's a bit of a write off. Tomorrow will be too. But um, yeah, I've got the time. Uh, the morning is my most productive time. I get up, have a stretch, have a coffee, lock myself in here. Yeah. And I pretty much write until lunch. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess um, my final question would be, um, you know, well, actually, it's a two-part question. Um, first part of the question is, what advice would you give yourself when you started that you know now? When I started that I know now? Um Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping it would stump you a little bit. I think I think even even now, like this advice that I can take to myself is right every day. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're still working, it's very, very hard to do that. Sure. Uh but right right every day, then you've got the material to cut from instead of like what I'm doing is trying to build an hour, mm-hmm. uh, which is absolutely not advised. Um and not the way, not the way to um, approach a, a festival at all. I would not, I would not recommend what I'm doing right now. Um, so I'd just say, write every day, get on stage as much as you can. Which <laughs> I got, it, I, I, I started on a Monday night, I think it was back in the day. Started on a Monday night. No, maybe I think it was Thursdays back then. No, it wasn't. Hmm. Let's call it a Monday. And then I went to another gig on a Thursday and um, they were like, oh, do you want to get up? And I said, no. Okay. This was like one week after my first time on stage. Okay. No, same week, Monday, like three days after my first time on stage. Sure. Do you want to get up? I was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> um, and now if I just like went to watch comedy yeah, uh, and someone said, do you want to get up? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I've got more confidence now and all of that, but like, even when you don't have it, you just just get up, get up, get up, get up. You will bomb. Mm-hmm. If you can't handle it, then you're in the wrong game, and that's fine. Sure, but you need to know if you can handle it or not instead of just avoiding it. Absolutely. So just get on stage, get on stage, get on stage, get on stage. Thick skin, right? Yeah, and yeah, right every day. I think that's all you can do. There's no lie. There's what no about ch- ego? What about ego? Is no. there an ego in comedy? Um. Yeah, dude. There is? Yeah. But like, you know, is that healthy or is it? Uh, I I've, I think I've experienced both. Uh-huh. And I still do. And I think it's a day-to-day basis, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I compare myself to other people, which is terrible. You can tell to yourself or you can wait for people to tell you not to do it. But mm-hmm. how, how do you just switch that off? Um, you know, people get people get gigs and you're like, fuck, what, like that motherfucker's on that lineup? Yeah. And I'm fucking at home. Yeah. Um, that kind of shit. Um, well, I guess that's probably like more like jealousy than ego. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. No, well, no, because the ego is like, I'm, I'm fucking, better. I'm funnier than that cunt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, get, I get you. But then like. Ego, I've seen, I've seen ego with uh, people, mm-hmm. not so much myself, but I've seen some prima donna type of shit. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, even with people that started around the same time as me, I've seen just like, yeah, yeah, like it's and it's not it's not dope. And I've been like that. I've been that like that in basketball as well. Like prima donna shit's not not fire, bro. It's fucking is lame shit. Yeah. Um, so I think I I'd grown out of that kind of shit before mm-hmm. I even started comedy. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and there is there is a st- like as with anything, whether it's your nine to five, whether it's basketball, whether it's actual politics, whether it's um music, there is a level of politics to everything. Yeah. And if you suck the right dicks, proverbially, <laughs> you will get gigs. And that's that's yeah. If you fucking go and brush the right people the right way, you're gonna get what you want. And I'm not like that. And mm. that's one of that's. It could end up being my downfall. It's probably my biggest weakness. I'm not good at that shit. Mm. I don't know how to get better at it because it's Look, not in me. Uh, I think that's what the question with ego is about. Because like the cream always rises, right? Like that's but, what they say. Well, that's it, it, I I agree with it because like the difference between um like you know if if you're the cream, you won't quit, right? So mm. even if it means that you put in a little bit more time, effort, energy, whatever, it, it's always going to come through. Uh, the reason I say ego is, you know, like with stuff that I've done previously, um, you kind of get, you get broken, you know, you, you get that, that thing where you, correct. that is correct. <laughs> and, and I think that's it is like, you get that real thing where you, you have that like almost mentality where you could cash out and you could get out or you could do whatever else. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, when you kind of accept that, the the project or the mission is bigger than your ego and bigger than yourself because it's you know it's worth pursuing or you've got purpose for doing it i think that's when ego subsides and the rest just kind of takes its place so like if that means work or if that means talent or if that means hours or whatever i think the cream always rises i think it's just a matter of when sometimes yeah, it's and harder i think um i think i am you know i'm old for somebody to start is 10,000 hours or something. Um, so I think I do get a bit impatient at times. And, sure. And so, sometimes, yeah, maybe I think I expect... But like... Do you wish you started earlier? No, I mean, I, like, I wouldn't change my life. And the reason I didn't start earlier was because I was I was pursuing my number one passion, which is basketball. basketball. Yeah. Um, and I didn't start uh, until I think a year after I'd finished. And... Sometimes you need to take that time. People people take a gap year before uni and or yeah. after uni or whatever. Uh, so, but then like I mean, there's that. that you know. I don't know. There's no regret. It is just there is like something in me that uh, wishes, and I think probably everyone has this with everything. Like if you if you want to be the CEO of um, you know Welcome to the Potty Industries or whatever, sure, and you're currently in middle management, mm-hmm. you're not. We, you're not like, fuck, I wish I would hurry up and get this upper management position. Yeah. You're like, fuck, I can't wait to be CEO. I think it's in, yeah. if, I think it's just something. You mm. get impatient. You want to be there. Yeah. You got to grind. You just yeah. need to remind yourself sometimes that you're in the grind and you need to keep going. Yeah. Well, and um, your race is your race as well. Like, you know, don't compare yeah, yourself. There is no, there is no um, cutoff. And fortunately, and I don't, I actually don't mean any disrespect. I actually don't think this is the way it should be. But fortunately, I am male. And uh, in show business, there's not really an age limit for me. Whereas, like, is there a button that says, like, oh, or something like um, It's got to be some like, boo, or something. If I was on the keys, I would be pressing that button right now. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. No, I know, I know you weren't, but you were. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, man. I think, oh like, my god. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, though. Like, you know, there's that Asian proverb, right? Which is like, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, mm. and the second best time is now. It's today. Mm. So, like, you can't look at things in regards to regret. In Like, if you can't control previous things, you just control what you can moving forward, right? Yeah, bro. There's and another, um, there's an African-American proverb. Oh, yeah, give it to uh, me. It's, uh, it's, it's hell no. <laughs> hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. 
Thank you for educating me, man. Yeah, I appreciate bro. it. I appreciate um, it. We're we're over an hour now. Okay. Okay. So I think we leave. Unless you got, do you have anything else? Like, I think my the- biggest my biggest thing was like, okay, so th- this is uh, what well, we're in December. So we're like December twenty twenty. Correct. One. So twenty twenty one. So we're we're a few months out from from said gig of fifty minutes and mm. the biggest thing you've done previously. I guess it's like. Where do you see this happening? Like, what, what? Like, let's just say, like, a week after the gig, we do this again. Mm. Where you at? Where's your head? What? What's happened? You know, let's manifest this shit. You know what I mean? Okay, so, um, yeah, I like, I want to be realistic. I like, I'd love for it to be a sold out run. Sure. Um, like, you know, for for an unknown like me, it's very unlikely. But I I hope to get my money back. Mm-hmm. But like no, like regardless of that, like what do you see success? Like what's success for this? Like what what does it look like? Like what is it? Success is you got eighty person capacity, right? Yeah. Okay, so like what is 40, 40 a night average? Like what's that? That's still fucking massive, right? Let's not average. Let's just say forty a night. Uh huh. Um, would be nice just just to have a vibe. Sure. I would hate to have eighty for three nights and. 10 <laughs> for three nights. I'd hate sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, although those numbers would equal profit for me. Yeah. I would still hate that. Yeah. So I'd like 40 a night, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I'd like some good feedback. Yeah. Uh, from... You're very reachable, right? Like you reply to DMs, you reply to all that stuff. I reply to all that shit, but I'd like some good feedback from uh, like established comics. Yeah. Um, uh, like, and it's hard to Idols know to rivals, right? Yeah, there's just a bit of, you know, people like just start rubbing you and stuff. Sure. So it's hard to know, but there are a couple of comics that I am thinking of that I know wouldn't say it if they didn't mean it. Yeah. So if they do get the chance to see it, if I got some good feedback from them, mm-hmm. um, that would... Hold value. That would hold value and honestly, uh, it would... It would Motiv- like I'll, I'll I'll stay motivated regardless, but it would be so motivating uh, to hear from from a couple of people that I'm thinking of. Mm. Yeah. Well, from my perspective of looking in the in the on the beautiful mind scripture on the middle of your hallways, uh, I think it's going to be funny as fuck, and I can't wait to see it. I think you're going to kill it, and uh, I think anyone who's listening should get a fucking ticket and come see me there, and we'll we'll laugh at it together. Yeah. Thanks, bro. So, um, just go to the Fringe Guide. Uh, you know, Google it. Ain't it funny? Clay McMath, twenty, uh, no, seventeenth to twenty second of March. Um, and you know what it is. Welcome to Potty on everything. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Hit that share button, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, but mostly get get those reviews, those five star reviews on iTunes. I need two hundred of them, and I can be a rock tomatoes movie review. Um, hey, you guys, don't forget to love yourselves. <laughs> and as always, one bump.